Welcome to We Are Everyone, a video and podcast series powered by Pivotal Moments, and we focus on the intersection of mental wellness in the workforce. We bring together young professionals and mindful executive mentors to bridge the generational gap and bring to the surface conversations about the importance of mental wellness and how to overcome career tradition challenges. Mental wellness is paramount. Join us. All right. Welcome to We Are Everyone slash Mental Recess as we transition to our new name, Mental Recess, which is also under the We Are Everyone channel and powered by Pivotal Moments Media. I'm your host, Jen Sherman, and we have a very special guest today as all of our guests are special, but this is a particular special guest. We have Jeff um, Linehan from Advocado. He's the COO and president. Hey, Jeff, how are you today? I'm great, Jen. How are you? Doing well, doing well, no complaints. So Jeff, we like to kind of start off each episode by having the guests introduce themselves. I could always rattle off a bio, but it probably is more interesting coming from you, from just regards to your background and kind of what led you to starting um, Advocado. Sure. So I actually started my career as a lawyer, did not particularly enjoy the practice of law. Uh, So I quickly, uh, after about five years, got out of that and, and, and got into the entrepreneurial game. Uh, and, and through my first company and my involvement in EO, the Entrepreneurs Organization, I met Brian Handergren, my, my longtime business partner, and we started working together in, in a couple of uh, our, our respective businesses. We were both solo entrepreneurs at the time. And he had a digital agency. I had a, a small manufacturing business, and we ended up uh, partnering up on both of those, which was my first kind of entree into uh, the, the media and uh, marketing space. And... Uh, we we were in that space kind of at the same time as working on our first startup, which was an online collaboration software as a service product that we sold into large enterprises. And uh, we were working day to day in that business. And back in 2017, uh, we had an opportunity to meet um, some folks here in St. Louis that had some interesting technology. And uh, originally, they, they were looking for new ways to monetize that technology. Uh, we weren't necessarily uh, totally enamored with uh, their original idea, but it got us thinking about um, some of the problems that, that we had faced in, in our digital agency, uh, one of which was, and for, for Brian even uh, longer than myself, went all the way back to the early days where uh, we knew TV, for example, was having an impact on the Google search campaigns that we were managing for clients, but um, we didn't really have a, a, a meaningful way to capture that impact. So the light bulb kind of went off and said, wait a minute, we, we now have the ability to connect those two things in real time. And that's, that's really where Advocado started was in its very first product, which was connecting real-time knowledge of, of a linear television ad with a, uh, a Google search campaign that was going on that was relevant to that particular ad. Well, I think that's also really interesting from a standpoint because as much as we know from the digital agency world, impressions only get you so far, right? Like the vanity metrics. So if you're investing Mm -hmm. a lot of money, particularly on TV, we know how much those programs charge that you want to make sure you're getting the bang for your buck and the analytics and data that you are paying for. And of course, data is at the core, correct? Tagline, you like that branding tagline right there? Right, I love it. I love it. Just throw it in there anytime. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But no, it it really is, right? Because um, as you see the the shift in, um, in video, move more and more towards digital video and, and, and programmatic, right? Uh, you're seeing that, that data become increasingly less available to the advertiser or to the agency that's working with the advertiser trying to procure that media. And it's a big problem. 
you know, it's, it's well established in, in the television world, but as that, as that, as things shift away from traditional television, uh, it's, it's becoming a significant issue, which is why it's such a hot button topic today. No, a hundred percent. I mean, frankly, I can't even keep up. I call it the post cable network world. I think when I first started my consultancy, I, I was dabbling in Facebook Live because I was like, I know this is where everything's going. <laughs> Essentially, this post-cable network world, and now it's like I don't even know how much money I'm spending between my cable and these lives and these live um, or these streaming uh, networks, if you will. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is kind of the aspect of creating. Like we're we're in this really interesting time where I think being able to serve like the ads that customers want to see, not just because they're talking into their phone and like might say something that's actually not even in regards to what they want to be served. Right. So I think there's a really, there's a lot, there's a lot to play with here. And also kind of going into, um, I know we're pivoting a little bit, but you touched on the vision of the company, but I know at the core, I'm going to keep saying this, it's going to be my word, the core. I know at the core, there's a lot of social responsibility ingrained, like really was baked in from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. So I really would love you to kind of touch on how social responsibility play into the vision of um, the founding of Advocado. Yes, it's interesting, right? I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a lifelong St. Louis and I, I, I left to go to college, had actually had no intention of ever coming back and after spending four years up and down the eastern seaboard, I, I realized that I that I really liked the Midwest. I liked the the, the pace and style of life. So I decided to come back here and end up settling back here. And uh, it, it, that that history really drives for me in particular drives a passion for this community and and the and the the economic ecosystem in this community because uh, you know it's really just continued to go downhill uh, over over a number of years and. You know, for me, it, it, it goes beyond just what I would call basic social responsibility. And for me, it's really a passion project about trying to help revitalize this, this region economically. And social responsibility from a corporate perspective is a big part of that. But um, it, it, also, it also drives the kind of culture that we created here. And it drives why we get up and do what we do every day. That is ultimately helping everybody that's part of Advocado, whether it's uh, a team member or a vendor or a partner, uh, to the extent we can, we want to help them make their own dent in the universe. And that's what we talk about, you know, internally, when we talk about why we get up and and go to work every day, so to speak, uh, is to really help facilitate that. And, uh, you know, and that came up, we didn't start there, quite honestly. Uh, We started with really pushing kind of this this vision and purpose that Brian and I shared, which was revitalization of, of our region and having Advocado be a, a significant part of that. And, you know, we've always had corporate, uh, you know, social responsibility things. We've done some things where we've, you know, we've done cooking for soup kitchens and things like that. But what we, what we realized after starting digging into it, and it really came out of an NPS survey that we did for um, our team a, a couple of years ago is realized that, yeah, this was this was kind of our own personal why, but that wasn't necessarily resonating with everybody on the team. So it really caused us to shift to, okay, let's not focus on a particular cause or a particular social responsibility that we as a company or we as founders think should be promoted. Let's let's help everyone go out and and promote their own individual, you know, cause or or what they what they view as as social responsibility. Yeah, I think that's a great aspect. I think 
everyone, and this kind of ties into, you know, the employee wellness and employee engagement, because I think at the end of the day, we're humans. We want to wake up and feel like we have a purpose outside Mm -hmm. of staring at our screens and typing away furiously to, you know, work smarter, not harder, but like really what kind of impact we can make in the universe. And I think it's not like a one size fits all solution. That's what we talk about here too at Pebble Moments around mental fitness and mental wellness is not a one size fits all. So it's kind of like taking your passion or whatever that may be and bringing that back to the city, I think is a great approach. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I just had a uh, a friend of mine who's, who's actually also a coach uh, of mine and a mentor of mine uh, reached out to me. He was working with another client and this individual was helping a large corporation put together a plan to help facilitate their employees um, creating their own personal brands. And, you know, my first question back to him was, that's great. I love it. And I'm sure there's people in your or- in that organization that would love to create their own personal brand, but I wouldn't start by assuming that that's what everybody on that team wants to do, right? And and so that was kind of the first question I challenged them back with was, you know, yeah, I, I can I can I can talk to some things I think would be great to help help facilitate that, but is that really what everyone wants? And is that the is that the the end all be all solution? And and quite frankly, they hadn't really stepped back from that. They were so focused on, hey, we're gonna we're gonna help this client you know, put together a personal branding program for their, for their uh, employees. And they hadn't stopped to think, well, is that really the solution? It's interesting you say this because the personal branding aspect, again, no shade. I think like, it's definitely, it's definitely for some and not for others. Like I like being more behind the scenes. Right. I mean, I like hosting podcasts, but again, like it's about amplifying the voices, not necessarily myself. It's just, that's how I like to roll. But again, that's like, it's not everyone wants to be with the mic or not everyone wants to be having the selfie camera on themselves and talking about, you know, whatever. So I just think this assumption, one of the four agreements, not make assumptions, the assumption that everyone, like everyone wants to have a personal brand is a pretty strong one. It's kind of more so like, and I know, uh, Brian, I did take that, uh, not, I know you're Jeff, Brian had sent me the, um, that person, I don't know if it was personality or something, but it was like, oh, the to really, index. yes, to understand yeah. like who that person is before kind of not, or, or assuming or for, not saying forceful, but like kind of saying, okay, this is what you should do in order to be successful or in order to get your name out there or what have you. But that's again, not what actually works for everyone. And you don't actually everyone doesn't all need to have a personal brand. So I think that's an interesting point you bring up. Yeah. You know, we were, we were from relatively early on with Advocado, we've been very religious about uh, the use of culture index, um, particularly when it comes to uh, attracting talent to the team and, and helping uh, create a, a, a more highly functional team. I, most, most particularly when it comes to team communication, uh, and understanding the the true essence of an individual and uh, how they process information is really critical in in both of those things. We had not translated that, quite frankly, to the cultural side of the organization, uh, and 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 we we essentially did that right when we started getting the, those NPS uh, surveys back, and we were getting feedback that yeah, you know that there's nothing wrong with that vision that you guys have, but it doesn't resonate with me. And, and when we started looking at it, especially from a culture index perspective, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, 
um, you know, this individual with this type of uh, a culture index profile is not going to is not going to you know see the same see the thing the same way as we do. So because uh, we process information differently, we're going to have different passions, and you know, and and it, it's really benefited us quite a bit to open up that perspective. And I'm kind of curious, um, kind of diving a little bit more into culture and the culture index. Like, have you found the more that you've figured out like that? I mean, perfect is not perfect is never a great word, but kind of figured yeah. out that balance of 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 uh, deploying the culture index and then finding that the employee engagement and wellness has gone up or has been more positive throughout the organization? Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a little bit the other way around, right? I think what culture index has done is it, it kind of opened our eyes and, and allow us to better understand why our original kind of vision and why for the company wasn't resonating with everyone. And when we started thinking about it from the perspective of culture index, then it became you know, easier to understand why not everyone shared that. But I wouldn't say that culture index necessarily drove our how we engage with the team or drove how we created our culture, but it certainly helped us better understand why we needed to pivot from our original course of action. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, I have found kind of just talking to different corporations and organizations and also um we held this, I guess, I had a half day recording last week with um, to another channel director and a guest. And the whole theme was like women helping women and also mentorship and how like at the end of the day, we're more drawn to, and this could also be building teams. We're more drawn to people who might look like us or sound like us or do the same things, maybe went to similar schools or something like that. And I've found in my career, the most the most learnings that I've had for the most part has been actually people who don't look like me, who don't talk like me or not where I'm from and really seeing like the most successful teams being comprised of that. And I just find, and I think we spoke a little about this in some initial conversations of like really like the ideal of inclusion diversity are going to be in hopefully in 10 years. It's not even like those terms aren't even exist because we just are being right. And so I just, Curious of what your thoughts on that as well. No, a hundred percent. I mean, our experience has been precisely that. You know, uh, we we often talk quite quite candidly. You know that. I mean, let's be honest. Brian and I are two middle aged white guys from the Midwest, right? And and so you wouldn't necessarily expect two individuals that look like us and come from where we come from to to set out uh, and build an incredibly diverse team. And and we have done that. And and culture index was a big piece of that, right? Because it, it did, it completely eliminated that that unintended bias that can exist, right? Because if I'm the first thing I see about an individual when they apply for for a job at Advocado is not what's on that person's resume or where they're from. It's literally four dots on a on a chart that tells me how that person processes information and, and gives me insight into whether or not they're going to be successful in the job. Because we go out and we create a job in Culture Index, and then we match potential candidates to the job we've created. And that's the first thing we see is this person is a 10% match for this job, or this person is a 90% match for this job. And, and then we take all those other pieces into an account. And 
what has resulted from that is exactly what you're talking about, where we built an incredibly diverse team and it really has opened uh, our eyes to the value that comes with that diversity uh, because, I mean, our team is incredibly high functioning and certainly does not look and feel like, like a team that you might otherwise expect, you know, from, from this situation. No, that's beautiful to hear. I love that. Um, and I'm kind of curious, uh, as, as you kind of circling back to each, um, encouraging each individual at the organization to kind of take what they're passionate about in regards to community. And that's what they go, you know, because we talk about kind of the CSR initiatives, community outreach activities, but that's more at that broader, broader level of like, not where it's it's just from a company it's, it's not like the top down but it's more of flat right and so my curiosity is you know I, being in dc amazon hq don't get me wrong do i do love a good amazon um amazon hq is coming here hq2 uh right by um probably about 10 minutes away from where i live now and they are coming here and really helping a lot with the community right like i mean they came and they're most of the people or most of the companies that they have like in the center if you will are all locally locally owned in dc so my curiosity is kind of like what i love and kind of what the end or whatever goal is from a standpoint with avocado is to kind of potentially be that force that is in the st louis region yeah, totally. I mean, you know, we we see, uh, you know, I mean, we, we we talk a lot about the 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 PayPal mafia effect, right? And that's really what built Silicon Valley, right? Is or it was kind of the seed for what built Silicon Valley is. You know, you you get a company that has a lot of really great talent in it that is really successful, and at the end of the day, it's not just the, the one or two or five founders of the company or top executives of the company that have a meaningful outcome it's every single individual in that company so now you can take all all of those folks can go out and they can they can go pursue their own debt in the universe that may be starting their own software business that may be going to join a, a friend that, that is starting a business and they can work for equity for a couple of years because you know they have a financial uh springboard that that gives them the ability to do that or uh, you know, and, and all of those, or it may be go pursue a nonprofit. I mean, we have uh, our employee number two uh, at Avocado left us about a year and a half ago to pursue, pursue her passion, which was, uh, which is uh, hyper local nonprofit. And, you know, while we loved her as an individual, we loved her as a team member. She was amazing. Um, you know, we just had to wish her well and and give her all the encouragement in the world because she was going off to make her debt. And that's exactly what we want to see people do. And again, that it can look very different and come in all shapes and sizes. But that's, I mean, that's magical though, right? Like it's like, that's kind of really awesome to see that and kind of it's, it's, it's karma, it, it's good karma, right? Kind of yep. being able to even have those types of uh, team members who work at the, at the company. So kind of pivoting to, how you personally on a day-to-day basis kind of what we always talk about here at the level business mental fitness um which is not to say that you know fit all of us folk a lot of people focus on physical fitness and i think that their mind body spirit is really what needs to be connected in order to show up um you know happy and joyful every single 
that's a, a, like an overstatement and everyone's happy and joyful every day, but really just being mentally fit. Um, so my curiosity here is how do you flex your mental fitness muscle? Yeah. I mean, I, I have a morning routine like, like many, many, uh, other folks do. Right. And it involves things like meditation and affirmations and physical fitness as well in the mornings. Um, but I, I think the thing that for me, and there are things that I think have really helped me from from the perspective of of mental mental you know, or, or or mental wellness, uh, and that is uh, you know my involvement in EO, which I mentioned earlier, which has been a long standing uh, commitment that I made you know sixteen seventeen years ago, uh, has has provided me with uh, relationships and with uh, opportunities to learn and grow that have really contributed significantly to to my ability to survive the uh the journey that is being an entrepreneur and starting multiple companies and uh you know the grind that comes with that um but you know i think the biggest thing uh and you you talked about you know happy happiness and and, and joy you know for me i'm an active practicer of presence and so um and in fact, I, I've taken it so far that I, I actually work with a coach on a regular basis to help refine my presence practice. And and I found that for me uh, and the way I consume information, uh, a, pre a presence practice, which is small doses throughout the day of, of what I'm going to call um, mental wellness, uh, is, is more effective and has a, a, a larger overall impact for me than even my my morning routine, right? I mean, yes, when I meditate in the morning, that's great. I really enjoy it, and I, I see benefit from it. I have seen incrementally more benefit from taking five minutes 10 times a day to just step back and be completely present, and uh, the, the joy and happiness that comes with that and the love that you experience when you do that it's just been, it's been profound for me. I actually love that. And that's one of the, I think that's, you're the first uh, guest that I've said that, like, to your point, I love my morning routine as well, where, you know, I am an avid Peloton person, but that, that kind of adrenaline or like that clearness only can last for so long until you get onto the next, like I call micro moments throughout your day. So I feel like that act, the active, um, the active practice of presence is really important. There you go. Throwing on another uh, avocado tagline with micro moments. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Nope. No problem. See, that's over here, right here is the advertiser. Um, but I do think that is, that's really powerful. And I, and I kind of, yeah. as, as you were saying that I was reflecting back to the moments where I am actually present in my day or, or, or present in the sense of like feeling what's, you know, connecting actually my, mind to my body, not just being all up in my head. And it's great to like experience those. So I will definitely, I'm sure we'll have a bunch of uh, social cards and social graphics from that quote from our uh, social media person for the uh, pivotal moment. So that was, that's, yeah, that's I mean, awesome. you know, it's, it's always, uh, it's always the biggest challenge, uh, at least traditionally for me is getting out of my head. Right. I mean, you're, when, when you're, when you're, when you do what we do, uh, you're, you're, you're in your head all day long and uh, it's really, really, it can be really challenging to, um, to, to pull back out and connect those. You know, you said it perfectly when you're talking about connecting the mind and the body. 
Um, and, uh, it's, it's powerful for sure. No, I, that I love that. Well, I do want to give you an opportunity, um, since we are ending on a good note with being present and and really leaning into your presence throughout the day is what advice there a piece of advice that you just kind of give other entrepreneurs, um, about building a company that advocates for, you know, wellness community, giving back and all that jazz. Yeah. I mean, I think we've, we've really probably touched on the, on the biggest thing that I would, uh, say, which is, you know, this idea that, um, uh, no matter how passionate you are about your own, um, vision or your own goals, um, that, that I think it can be so much more meaningful in terms of impact. If, if you recognize that, um, if you, if you really empower others to, to make their own impact, that I think that can go a lot further, uh, and the tentacles can, can reach a lot further out, uh, than just one individual uh, or a small group of individuals with a, you know, Albeit likely a very admirable and a very you know um, you know meaningful passion, uh, I just think it, I think if you if you focus on helping others pursue their passions versus making it all about your own passion, then the impact can be larger. I completely agree, and then also as one of the Peloton instructors said, resonates with me, which I hear is really which I hear throughout a lot of other um, just instructors and guides out there is to really like you have to help yourself before helping others so like working on yourself practicing being present and connecting the mind and body so then you can really make that bigger impact on the universe so i love absolutely absolutely you know and it doesn't have to be uh you know it's a practice it's called a practice for a reason right whether it's presence or 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 any other mental wellness practice uh you know it's it's you're never going to perfect it uh, and, uh, you know, I certainly, I, I'm one who doesn't like to fail. Um, but you have to, I had to come to the realization that I'm never going to perfect my practice and it's always going to be just that. So, um, I've had to accept failure, uh, to an extent, right. Because, uh, I, I fail every day at it. Yes. It's, I, I hear you and I see you and I feel you because I'm pretty sure like if, uh, again, I haven't gotten Brian's take on the culture index yet, but I think it's pretty clear in there that I don't like, like it's failure. I'll like, I accept failure and lean into it, but at the same time, I don't like it. So like, you know, it's, it's that balance for sure. Um, but, uh, always love a good challenge. Well, this has been amazing, Jeff. Thank you so much. I'm sure, you know, I could, talk more about presence and mindfulness, but that would be making the conversation more like about probably take it for a tangent. So I will end it here, but I really just want to thank you so much for joining um, the show today. Any other last words before we wrap no, just, up? Uh, appreciate the opportunity. It was great to chat. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we will catch you next time. Sounds good. Thank you for tuning into another episode of We Are Everyone. You can subscribe to We Are Everyone on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and also be sure to visit www.pivotalmoments.org to learn more about the organization. And we also want to hear what mental wellness means to you. So you can follow us on social media, submit your video, and uh, we will catch you next time. Thank you so much.